really it comes down to you trusting your inner being and trusting yourself to make that transition. Imposter syndrome, as you talked about, there's a lot of people that have that, even though they know they have the skills and knowledge. And honestly, I've gone through those doubts. This is Chan with The Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy, actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. I'm your host, Max Chan. Now let's dive into the episode. Hey, Lisa, welcome to the show. Hi, Max. How are you? Good. As we talked offline... It's four o'clock on the Friday, so ending off the week with a podcast recording, right? Yes, yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries. And I wanted to bring you on because you specialize in career transitions yourself, right? So uh, before we dive into it, why don't you tell us, my listeners, a bit about your career background and where you are currently? Yeah, so I have been to college. I've got a degree, a master's degree in human resources management. I've got a degree in business technical management, and I have a degree in pharmacy. (laughs) So to kind of give you an idea about my background, in 2008, I was in the construction industry. And in 2008, the downturn happened. And so I knew that I needed to do something to pivot in order to have something with more security. So I decided to get into the medical field, and I went to pharmacy school. But in the process of doing that... I suffered a traumatic brain injury and my dreams of starting a new career were almost squashed, but I continued on, fought through the traumatic brain injury and continued through school and ended up, long story short, teaching in a college. And I utilized my experience with businesses and my education in order to help students transition from another career into the medical field, or if they were coming from high school, choosing a medical career. So there were many different varieties and diversities of individuals that were, you know, passing through my path and that I helped out in the meantime. But now I own a business, I own several businesses. In fact, I own a roofing company, I own a travel agency, and I have an Etsy shop, and I also do career coaching. That's awesome. How did you diversify your career streams in that way, like roofing to traveling to like career coaching to Etsy, like they're all like very different, right? So how did you dabble in all these and do it successfully? That's a great question. Well, my philosophy is like, I always want to kind of have multiple streams of income. And, you know, I like learning new things, researching what's going on, what is selling, what is making money at the time. So I just kind of like, follow kind of my intuition and whatever I feel works at the moment. I try not to let fear, you know, kind of stop me from, you know, pursuing other avenues. That's been kind of a lifelong thing that I've had as far as like this, you know, need to discover new possibilities, especially like right now with the pandemic. Now is a wonderful time to be exploring different options, different career transitions, because we have so many opportunities right now that we didn't have before pre-pandemic. And just the way that we do things has kind of shifted and changed a bit. And fortunately for me, wanting to learn, I'm a lifelong learner and I'm always wanting to learn new things. And that has helped me in my coaching business because I get 
various different clients that come to me and they have different ideas of kind of what they want to do. And I can kind of help them kind of hone down their purpose, their skills and abilities, and kind of figure out a way for them to make that work for them and create new jobs or start a new business or, you know, just kind of diversify, you know, and have multiple streams of income. When professionals reach out to you to make a career change, whether it's pivoting to a new career or going from employee to entrepreneur, what are some of the common fears and obstacles they have from a mindset perspective? Oh, gosh, yeah. There's so many different fears that people experience. I've had people tell me, you know, that I'm not good enough, that, oh, I don't know. I really have a passion for, you know, something, but I don't know anything about it. So I really don't think that I can do it. And what I try to do is get them kind of out of that stuck feeling and show, you know, let them know that, you know, there are so many possibilities now, as I was saying before, like Udemy and YouTube and various different places where you can learn stuff that you don't necessarily have to go to school. And I'm not knocking college. I think college is a wonderful thing. I have many degrees, but there are so many different resources now that help people who want to start a new career. And kind of what I like to tell people is a career transition is kind of you wanting to feel a different way at the end of the day, how you feel about yourself, how you feel about getting up in the morning. And, you know, so you just need to figure out what that is. What is it that drives you that's going to make you when you get up in the morning that you no longer have Mondays? If you love what you're doing, then Monday isn't an actual thing. So that means nothing to you because you're just happy to get up and do what you want to do. You make a good point because I have a friend, right? He enjoys what he does. And to him, every day is a Friday because like, there's not a certain part in the day that he dislikes compared yeah. to someone who works nine to five that doesn't write what they're doing. They're waiting for Friday. But for him, every day is Friday because he enjoys what he does, right? Yeah. Well, that's not to say that, you know, you find the job that you love and then it's not difficult. There's not days that it's going to be, you know, where you're doing administrative stuff. For instance, I love roofing and I love getting out on the job with my crews. I love the whole process of putting a roof on what happens at the end and seeing the customer at the end of the day. And they're just happy with the end product. I love that. But in running my business, I have to do administrative stuff. And so, you know, you still have those things, but like your friend, Every day is a Friday to me. I wake up in the morning and I'm happy doing what I do. And especially with my coaching. So I'm selling a product with my roofing. With my coaching, I'm actually kind of building someone up, teaching them, you know, my processes, what I've done, you know, how I've conquered my fears. Because to say that, you know, I haven't been fearful in moving from one transition to another is not true. I have been fearful, but I just took that leap of courage. You know, it's like you have to step out of that fear, understand that, you know, we're all going to have fears moving forward. But if it's something that you want to do, you just have to have the courage to do it. Absolutely. One of the big fears right now is the recession, as you are aware. Uh, And a lot of professionals might not want to make a move right now because there's so much uncertainty in the economic climate that Mm -hmm. they'd rather be unhappy and stay put until things get settled so to speak. So what's your thoughts on that? So that's a valid concern, but that's the best time to make the transition because you've got all these people that are fearful 
opportunities are still out there. And if you have less people willing to take that jump, that means you have more opportunity to take that jump, if that makes sense. You know, so it's just like you just have to throw yourself out there and trust yourself and trust the process. Of course, I always tell my clients kind of trust your intuition because you have an inner voice inside of you that kind of tells you what direction to take. And a lot of times people don't listen to that because they listen to the fear side. So you have two sides. You have this fear side that tells you, no, 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 don't do it. And then you have the side, I really want to take that chance and do it. There's always a risk involved, but you have to ask yourself, like, what if it was successful? What if? And, you know, there are just so many different possibilities. And, you know, be that smaller percentage that goes out there and takes that chance and jumps forward and takes the courage and the leap to do the things that a lot of other people won't do. Yeah, I think Warren Buffett said, be fearless when most are being fearful, right? Yeah, yeah. I love Warren Buffett. That's exactly right. And then, you know, Martin Luther King said, courage is the power of the mind to overcome fear. Absolutely. So for you, like you said that you've had a couple of career transitions yourself. What are some of the learning lessons that you've gathered from doing those career transitions? So just take the chance. And I think what helped me when I had my traumatic brain injury, because once you go down to that level where you have like, nowhere to go but up. You have to ask yourself, you know, am I going to take the chance or I'm going to sit down here and, and play the victim and, you know, say I can't do this or I can't do that because I have those limitations or am I just going to throw myself out there? You know, whenever you start something new, you're not going to be good at it at first. You know, there's some people that are naturals at some things, but most people when they start something new, it's scary. And if you look back at the first time you ever did something, you'll be like, oh my gosh, look how far I came. But you have to start somewhere. If you don't start somewhere, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, you make a good point about like playing victim, right? Or complaining. Because you hear a lot of people complain about their jobs and they ain't getting paid enough. They don't like their boss, all that stuff. But yeah. they don't make a drastic change, right? A good example is... I've had professionals reach out to me saying, hey, I don't like my work environment. I want to make a career pivot. And then I go through my program, I give them the price, and then they're unsure of themselves, right? And they say, oh, let me get back to you. And they never do. And then yeah. just out of curiosity, I'll look at the profile a few months down the road or even six months down the road, and they haven't made a career move at all. They're still where they are. Or even worse, yeah. they end up going to another position that seems like just a lateral move without any progression. So why is that? Like why people, they want to make the move, but then they're complaining about all the other reasons that they can't. So the not making the move is insecurity. And, you know, just like you talked about insecure, financial insecurity. What are people going to think of me insecurities? Those things are like internal, whatever we've had happen to us in the past, kind of, we kind of hold on to. So when people have those types of insecurities, it's hard for them to move forward and you've got to invest in yourself in order to improve yourself. And sometimes that is having a coach or, you know, having someone or learning new things, spending the money to learn something new. I'm not saying necessarily a ton of money, but, you know, those insecurities, they've got to get past those insecurities before they can move forward, before they can pivot and get to a better spot. And the complaining comes from them not 
moving forward because they're unhappy with their decisions. And most of the time, it's not unhappy with the place that they're at. I'm not unhappy with my job per se. I'm unhappy with the decision I've made to stay in the job. So that's normally where the complaining comes from and less from, you know, everything going on. And it's not to say that you're not happy with your boss, but the fact that you stay in that situation, you're unable to allow yourself to be happy or, you know, be content in the moment. And so that's kind of one of the things that I try to do is try to teach someone, okay, so first you got to be in the moment and figure out what it is that's making you complain and making you unhappy. Once you figure that out, you're going to be able to take the first step to the career transition that's going to make you the happiest. All right. So I think personally, there's some people that you just can't help just the way their mindset is. But how about people that are on the fence? Like, What would you do and walk through with them to help them do the mindset shift? Because you can give them all the strategies and tactics that you want to help them make that career move. But if they don't have the mindset, the mental mindset to actually make those moves, then you're just saying one thing in one ear and it's coming out the other. So what are some exercises for someone to be in that mindset Uh, the right mindset in order for them to take your teachings seriously? So what I do, I get them to make a list. I'll tell them to write on a piece of paper all the things that you want to do, all the things that would make you happy as a career. Um, What does that look like? This is what I used to do with my college students too, is I would tell them, okay, so write down here what you want your life to look like. And that could be, I want a Maserati. That could be, I want to be a doctor. That could be just a number of different things. What do you want to accomplish? And then you put on the other side, what's stopping you from accomplishing those things? So once they write it down and they kind of see, you know, what's stopping you from accomplishing those things. So then what I do at that point is I make them mark out all the lines of the things that are stopping them and try to come up with a solution to what would it take to get you to that point, knowing that you're going to make a lot of money or knowing that you're going to feel better. And then I try to get them to visualize what it would feel like to be on that left side where all the things that you wanted were accomplished. What does that feel like? And then I transition them. What does it feel like for you not to accomplish that? Obviously, they're going to like the feeling of accomplishing it versus the feeling of not accomplishing it. Going back to your personal story about your traumatic brain injury, right? So once you were in the recovering phase, like there were two paths that you could go, right? You could do the woe is me or you decided to take action, right? So mm-hmm. how were you able to go into more of the proactive, productive path? Okay, so just real quick, what happened was like I was thrown from my horse and she kicked my frontal lobe and then I landed my head on a rock. So that was a parietal contusion that I had there. I went into the hospital. Um, they took me to the trauma unit. I was down to two breaths per minute. I, you know, almost died. They almost had to cut my skull open. So I think like when I came to what I was told was the first thing that I said was, you know, where is my husband? And then the second thing that I said was, oh my gosh, I have a test to take. So, you know, that was the thing that was on my mind. I was driven anyway, but then they said, okay, so we've got to have a neurologist come in here because we would like for you to go to a regular hospital and take some time to recover. Cause I had been in the hospital about four days, I believe it was, you know, unconscious and, you know, they were working on me. But when I came to, when you're in the trauma unit in Georgia, they've only got a couple of trauma units. And so they're always full. 
So once I came to, they wanted to transfer me to another unit. And I was like, immediately, no, I want to go home and I want to recover. So the neurologist came in there, did a couple of tests, showed me a copy of the MRI, showed me where all the bleeding was, showed me all the damage. And yeah, it looks really bad. But I said to myself then, you know, like, okay, so I have two choices. I either just give up and say, okay, you know, I'll get somebody to take care of me the rest of my life. I'm not going to continue to go to school. I'm not going to make something better of my life and just lay down, or I'm going to stand up and fight. Which one is going to be the best option for me? Well, obviously the stand up and fight was the best option for me because I'm just, I, I won't allow myself to be in that position. So, so it was just basically a decision because I could have gone either way. And that's just what you have to do. You have to make a decision and either way would have been hard because the being the victim thing would have also been hard because you know, I wouldn't have made the money. I wouldn't have been successful. I wouldn't have learned a lot of things, but the, you know, fighting and learning new ways to learn, that was hard too, but I just chose the path that I thought the outcome would be much better. That's awesome. And you've also worked with a lot of students, right? When you were teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what are some common fears that they have in making their career transition? Because you said some people wanted to get into pharmacy, right? Or into, yeah. yeah, into pharmacy. So what were some of the fears that they had when they were entering those types of programs? So it really varied by age. So I had an older woman that came into pharmacy. She was career transitioning. She was an air traffic controller and could no longer be an air traffic controller due to some medical issues. So she came in to do pharmacy. And she was very worried about being older and moving into a new career because she had been in the same career for years. So what I basically did with her is we just had to break it down. Like, you know, were your strengths as far as being an air traffic controller? You know, when you're an air traffic controller, you have to be on top of everything. You know, you have to be quick. You have to think quickly. And the same thing with pharmacy. When you're like, when you're distributing prescription medication to patients, you've got to be on top of everything. So we just kind of looked at that, like what skills can I take from what my previous job was and move it to the other job? Sometimes it's life skills that we have to take and transfer. So it's just a transference of information that's already inside of you. And, you know, everybody has the capacity to learn something new. Now, am I going to be an astronaut? Maybe not. But, you know, there's all kinds of other things that I could possibly do. And then I had high school students that came in because I taught the dual enrollment students as well. And they were different, as in they were very confident. But at the same time, they were used to people giving them things. So we had to figure out, they were used to people telling them what they had to do or what was going to be their next step. So then we needed to figure out what it is that they wanted to do. And so there was that fear of trusting themselves. And so it all comes down to really, it comes down to you trusting your inner being and trusting yourself to make that transition. Imposter syndrome, as you talked about. There's a lot of people that have that, even though they know they have the skills and knowledge. And, you know, honestly, I've gone through those doubts in my mind sometimes. You know, I took a company from making $17,000 a year in profit to making uh, $750,000 a year in profit. They went from a six-figure company 
to seven figure company. And I did this in a year for them, coaching them. And then in my roofing business, I started out with $2,500 and I took it to three quarters of a million dollars in one year. But then when I started doing the coaching thing, I started, you know, questioning myself, am I good enough to actually teach people how to, you know, do this? It really is just a fear and an insecurity and you just have to move past it. Absolutely. And what's some advice that you can provide someone to push past those obstacles, boundaries? Well, like I said, just kind of trust yourself and then think back. I always tell my clients and I told my students is think back where a time where you were fearful, but yet went ahead and did what you were afraid of and you were successful afterwards or it was exhilarating or you got to the other side and you said, well, that wasn't so bad, was it? So when we start thinking about that, then they start seeing kind of the realities of what could happen. And then also, you know, reading books of successful people, because if you think of like Warren Buffett, you know, the Donald Trumps, the business people, they have made tons of mistakes. They have filed bankruptcy. They have had failures. They failed businesses. So you just got to keep that in mind that everybody has a moment where it doesn't work out the way that they planned, but then that's where the pivot comes, where you're able to be flexible and be able to pivot and to give yourself grace and not be upset if something doesn't work. Just say, hey, this doesn't work. So let me try a different way. So after that point, yes, there's the insecurities of making a career transition, right? It also goes back to the decision. People have analysis paralysis, so they're worried about making a wrong move so they don't make a move at all. And then the other side of it is that they make this move, this career pivot and realize it's not for them. And in a way, I guess they believe that they failed the career pivot because it wasn't what they intended it to be. But what's your advice on overcoming those types of mindsets, whether it's overanalyzing to not make a decision, uh, fear of making the wrong decision, and then as we discussed, not being sure of themselves if that's what they want to do. Yeah. So like you said, you just have to make a decision because exactly how you said it. If you don't make a decision, you just get stuck. You're not going to go anywhere. But not making a decision is basically making a decision to not make a decision, right? So, you know, basically just what I kind of just try to get people to just not be attached to the outcome. So for instance, let's say if I have a client that is wanting to leave their job and open a business. And so we sit down and we kind of figure out what kind of business would you want to open if you don't know what kind of business you want to open. But then once we figure out the business model that you want, then we sit down and try to figure out, okay, so what is the expectation that you have for this business? So they let me know what the expectation is. Then I say, okay, so detach yourself from that expectation because it may not turn out that way. So if it doesn't turn out that way, are you going to be okay with it? Now, if they're not okay with it, if they're not okay with, you know, detaching themselves from that, then we've got some work that we still have to do because you've got to be able to detach yourself from the outcome. Because if it doesn't turn out exactly the way that you want it to turn out, you have to be able to pivot and you have to be able to have the confidence to do that and also not to beat yourself up over it. But if you're really going to beat yourself up over that, then we've got some internal work we've got to work on first. 100%. And even if it's a wrong decision, like you're still learning stuff, right? And mm-hmm. you can always go back to your old position if it doesn't work out. 
Yeah, like there's no failures, just learning lessons to get better, right? But a lot yeah. of people think like failure is the end of the world. But when you're making decisions, there's always a risk in decision making, no matter how much research you've done prior. There's a risk in having a job. And, you know, we saw this from the pandemic. And I say that too, it's like all these people that thought they were secure and having these jobs, and then they got laid off. But here's the thing is like, you work in a job and you bring most people bring 90%, maybe not necessarily 100%. But you know, you know, your outcome that you have from doing that. Imagine all the possibilities that you have in making your own decisions, working that hard for yourself. And what would come of that, you know, and then, you know, being able to tell yourself that, you know, this is my job, this is my company. So I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that it's successful. So when you take ownership of stuff, I think it gives you more tangible results. So you were in the education system in the pharmacy sector, right? And you started a roofing company. So how did that transition? Because that's completely different, right? Like, yeah, if you leave pharmacy, you might do something in healthcare, which makes more sense, but you went to roofing. So how did that come about? I know. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <the> yeah. Possibilities. <laughs> so my family has been in construction most of my life. My dad uh, was a contractor. My grandfather was a bricklayer and I was the first grandchild and I was a female, obviously, but they always treated me like a male. So they taught me how to use a hammer, you know, taught me basic construction stuff. And I just looked up to my grandfather and my dad, you know, so I always wanted to kind of be like them. But so I did a lot of things like that growing up. Now, I did go to school originally for accounting. I went to school to be an accountant and found that I did not like working in an office and working in numbers. I was good at it, but I didn't like it. So I gave myself permission to go into like the construction, doing measuring houses, doing various different things with real estate. And then when like 2008 hit, I was like, gosh, this is like volatile. I don't know what's going to happen. So I went for the security thing and I went for the medical field. And I said, you know, there's security in medical. Everybody needs medicine. Everybody needs that. So that's why I decided to go back to school and kind of reinvent myself. And prior to my brain injury, I had a photographic memory. So it was really easy for me. After my brain injury, I struggled a bit to learn. So I had to teach myself how to learn. But going into the medical field was just easy. It was a security thing because I knew whatever I was going to do, I was going to have a job and I still could have a job. I do know that. Like if I wanted to quit roofing, I could go back into the medical field. I'd have no problems doing that. But I just chose to do something that I loved. Medical is very stressful for me. It wasn't my passion. And so it's just something that I have in my wheelhouse if I need something, you know, to fall back on. And there's always, it's always good to have something like that to fall back on. Yeah, absolutely. Similar to getting like your bachelor's degree, right? Let's say you start a business. It doesn't work out for whatever reason. You always rely on your education to find work if you want, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, that's it, but it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, education it has to, it could be skills like you have. And like I said, right now is the perfect time because there are so many different opportunities out there. You've got these free courses that you can take or these inexpensive courses that you don't have to go to school and get a master's degree or get into a tremendous amount of debt to get, you know, whatever degree that you need. 
those are useful in certain instances and you just have to really know yourself and know what it is that you want to do. But if you're not somebody that likes to go to school, and I know a lot of people who don't want to go to school and don't want to have to take some of these classes that are, you know, not part of their career path and they just want to learn their skills, there's so many opportunities to do that. And there's just so many opportunities to pivot in your career right now. Makes sense. Speaking of like career pivots, right? What are, in your opinion, high demand fields that people should consider if they're looking to make a career move? So high demand right now, there are, of course, the medical field. There's a lot of demand for nurses. So if you decided you wanted to switch from an office job and you wanted to do something in nursing, I would say just ask yourself, what is it that, you know, is inside of you? Like if you like helping people, then, you know, that might be a career that you would choose. I would highly suggest that you find somebody that can help you work through that and figure out where to go. But as far as other careers, there is so many different things that you can do. Voiceovers, you can work for companies and listen to the audio, you know, the recorded audios. They have people that do that sort of thing. They have people that work from home. Virtual assistants. Virtual assistants right now, it's a killer job position. You can work from home with all the technology is available. There's so many businesses like I could use a virtual assistant. There's so many businesses that can use virtual assistants. So if you're good at administrative stuff, if you have something that you're good at, you could start coaching. There's just so many different possibilities. It's just endless. It's endless. So what would you suggest someone, let's say someone's not happy with a job or the field that they're currently at, what are some action steps to help them start thinking and implementing a roadmap to move careers? So the first step I would take is, and I wouldn't necessarily say quit your job <laughs> right away, but if you have a job right now and you're not real happy with it, so take stock, write down, what are the reasons why you're not happy in your position? Because sometimes it could just be within you. It may not necessarily be the job that you're in that, you know, is making you unhappy. So I would just say, you know, find out what it is, you know, really sit down with yourself and try to figure out what it is. And you may need a coach to coach you through it. It may not be something that you can do yourself. So, you know, just entertain the either one of those two options. But you know, figure out what it is that is making you unhappy. And so if you're in a position in a career that you're just not happy because you're not helping people, you're just not happy because you're not challenged enough. Once you figure out the answers to those questions, then you can determine whether or not you need to go ask the boss for, you know, maybe there's a position in the business that you can ask to see if you could uh, transition into Or maybe there's something that you can start a business you could start or you could start looking for other, you know, companies to work for. So but you've got to figure out what it is that's causing your unhappiness and what it is that you want. A career transition pivot is not going to happen overnight. Right. So a common thing is people tend to give up on it a bit too early. I personally Mm -hmm. think like career transition could take up to six months. Right. Because you have to do networking. You have to really understand what they're looking for. Right. So. What's your advice in regards to like helping professionals stay the course when they feel frustrated with the lack of results in their career pivot? Yeah, you are so right, Max, because yeah, it really depends on the type of transition you're making. If you're making a transition from doing what you already know how to do 
into like maybe turning it into a coaching business or, you know, you're good at marketing. So you open a marketing business or something like that. That's going to probably take less time. All you need to do is know the right people to hire to get you in, you know, to start the business. So if you've got something that you're completely changing from medical to roofing, for instance, if you don't know anything about it, you have to give yourself a reasonable amount of time to know that you're going to have to learn something. You're going to have to find resources. You're going to have to, like you said, network with people. Networking is the key thing and find people that are successful in what it is that you want to do and ask them what they did and how long it took them to get to that point. And just don't give up. If it's truly something that you want to do, you just have to make the decision that I'm going to do this until I get the outcome that I'm looking for, or I figure out that this is not where I want to go. But I think in the very beginning, once you decide there's something that you want to do, just trust the process. Just trust the process. Yeah, absolutely. Like you focus on taking action and do it consistently, you'll get the outcome. People tend to focus on the outcome and then they don't do the actions as well as they want, right? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly true. That's why I said don't get attached to the outcome. Because, you know, when you're focused on that, of course, you know, like I always tell my clients, okay, write down what it is that you want to accomplish, you know, maybe you want to accomplish making $100,000 a month, I don't know, you know, but what you have to do is figure out what it is that you love to do, what it is, you know, that is going to get you to that point. And then you focus on that. And then all the money and everything else will come. The outcome will come. And sometimes something greater than what you expected will come. But as long as you detach yourself from the outcome, I think that's when you're going to be more successful. But like you said, if you expect a certain thing to happen, it's not going to happen. Yeah. And Let's say uh, hypothetically they do make that successful career pivot, but now they have the doubt setting in is like, oh, do am I ready for this? Can I actually do it? Right. So there's the second part of the imposter syndrome. So the first part is they don't know if they're qualified to actually make the career move, but then they're, and the second part is they make the career move, but now they're worried that they don't know if they can handle it or maintain it. So what's your suggestions and strategies on that part of the career pivot? We all have insecurities and worries. And this is what I say is like, embrace it, you know, embrace that. Okay, this is what I'm worried about. All right. Once you figure out what it is you're worried about, then figure out how can I get out of that? What can I do to suppress that worry? In other words, what can I do to create the outcome? Does that mean networking more? Does that mean learning something else or, you know, trying to find someone that can teach me what I need to know? You know, that's basically the best advice that I can give you is just, you know, embrace the worry, know that it's okay, give yourself some grace, and then let's just move on. Decide to move on. Because the main thing is in everything is you got to make a decision either way. Because if you make a decision to not move forward, then you've made that decision. You have to live with the consequences of it. But you have to look at what it would feel like if I pushed forward, what it would feel like. I mean, just imagine what it would feel like if you just said, okay, you know what? I have these worries, but guess what? This is what I want with all of my heart. So I'm just going to throw myself out there and I'm just going to do it. What would it feel like if you accomplished it? Got it. So yeah, I think a lot of people find it difficult to make decisions because they're so focused on trying to make the right decision, but there's no mm-hmm. right decision, right? It's about, again, like 
what would I regret if I didn't do it? And what would I regret if I did, right? Yeah, right. You just have to say, if you didn't do what it was that you wanted to do, how would that feel? And, you know, if you don't like how that would feel, and then you have no other choice but to move forward. And you just have to figure out how to get there. And that's why I always say, you know, find somebody that is successful in what it is that you want to do. Research somebody that is successful. Warren Buffett is a great, he's got so many wonderful quotes. He's a great person to research. And then, you know, just read books about what it is that you want to accomplish and just have faith in yourself. There are so many people. I mean, if you look at me and you kind of see some of the things that I've accomplished, you know, I would have never thought that I would, you know, be doing roofing. I would have never thought that after my brain injury that I would be where I am right now coaching people. I mean, I've always had a desire to help people, but I never would have thought if I hadn't stepped out and done it, I wouldn't be where I am today. And so you just have to look at those people and understand you're no different than me. I'm not better than you. And I'm not worse than you. We're all like basically the same. We're all created with these elements. We're all created with this brain that has the ability to learn. And there are so many resources out there that we can tap into that can help us get to where we want to be. But we just have to make a decision to take that step. And we have to create the courage within us to take that step. Sometimes it takes just talking to yourself, just talking to a coach, talking to family members, just kind of reaching deep down inside of yourself to try to figure out how to get that courage to take that next step. And you don't want to take big leaps, just one little step. And each step takes you to the next step. And so if you're just willing to accept taking one step at a time, and I always use the analogy when I had my brain injury, my husband said, and I don't remember this exactly, but when I came out of the hospital, I did this like shuffling thing that older people do when they get, you know, so they just kind of shuffle their feet. So I would just kind of shuffle and I would just kind of like take one step at a time. But if I were to like try to start running at that point, I would have fell down. But I just had to just stick with the shuffling and just take one step a little bit slower, one step a little bit slower. And then it just eventually I got to where I am now because I never gave up and I just decided to move forward. And so if I'm able to do it, anybody can do it, you know, and you just have to realize, too, that you are going to have obstacles in your way. It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to have obstacles. You're going to have challenges. It's how you stand up when those obstacles and those challenges come to you. It's like that is going to show the results that you're going to have. So you have a multiple visits, right? So you also have employees under you, right? So mm -hmm. what are some characteristics that you look for in a new hire to ensure that they're a good fit for your companies? That's a great question because I do like to have somebody that has experience. But if you come to me with passion, if you come to me with a desire I'm going to train you how to do what you need to do. That's the important thing is like, if you don't have passion in what you do, if you don't care about what it is that you're doing, you're not going to be successful. So if somebody comes to me and especially like if a woman comes to me and she says, I don't think I can do roofing. I don't know that I can climb on a roof, but I would like to try because I really would like to try something different. I'd like to push my limits. 
I am more than happy to train you because dedication, passion, that's what I look for. Not so much knowledge. I don't necessarily care that you know what a roof is. I can train you on the components of a roof. I can train you on how to look for hail damage. I can train you all that stuff, but it's just the internal passion to do good, to do well. So it's one of those things like you always want people who are competent, but after they pass the like basic competencies, it's more about the personality and their attributes that would make you want to hire them, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, because a lot of uh, professionals, like they think that they need more experience, they need more this, they need more that, but there's a certain benchmark that they need to obviously achieve. But then after that, it's really about the personality at that point, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so the way that we used to do things, so we'd send in a resume and hundreds and hundreds of resumes, because you know I've worked in HR in the pharmacy before. And when I was hiring my staff or I was looking at the resumes, you know, you want to look at somebody that has skills, that has education. It, it really depends on the career path that you're going for. But then once you kind of see that, then you would interview them. Somebody could have all the skills and abilities in the world, but then they come and they don't have the passion for what they're doing or they don't care or, you know, they don't have the personality for what they're doing. You know, you're just not going to hire them. But now with the advent of you know, we're all doing Zooms now. Interviews take on a whole different type of, it's just a whole different animal now. And so it just becomes, how can I sell you on me basically, is basically what it is. Great. So to wrap it up, what's some like final piece of advice that you can give someone that is trying to make a career transition, but they have those insecurities that they find difficult to overcome? Just remember there's different stages. You know, you have the end stage of career transition. So that means something's come to an end. Obviously, if you're thinking about a career change, then there's obviously something there. So just remember that you're going to go through the different stages. You're going to go through the end stage. You're going to go through the neutral stage where you're just kind of like trying to figure out what that career uh, transition. And then the new stage, it's almost like you're a butterfly. It's like you are one thing. You go into your cocoon and then while you're cultivating in there and you're developing, then you're going to come out to your new thing, which you're going to become a butterfly. Neither one is better than the other. It's just for you, you're in a different stage in your life and just allow yourself to make that transition and to go to the new stage. And then whenever you have that fear just remember that everyone has fear. So as long as you kind of can put yourself in that, that everybody has fear, but the difference between the ones that are successful are the ones that take the courage to go past that fear to their goals. Like you said, the difference between winners and losers, so to speak, is the ones who are scared. They know they're scared. They'll do it anyway. That's right. 100%. And I asked this question to all my guests at the end of our conversation. So as you know, my podcast is about helping professionals overcome career challenges to help them get to the next level. What has been one big career challenge that you had to overcome to get to where you are today? The big career challenge is, I would say, just gaining the knowledge that I needed to move from one job to the next. For me, it hasn't been the courage. It's been just trying to figure out 
okay, so I've made a decision. So now at this point, now I've just got to narrow down how I'm going to get to that point. So, you know, that takes some time. And once you realize that that's going to take a minute, it's not just going to be an easy, like magical thing that's going to happen. Once I realize that, and once I know that I've got to be dedicated in order to figure out what I need to make that career transition, it just makes things a lot easier for me. Awesome. So I really appreciate you taking the Friday afternoon, the last hour of the working day to come on my podcast to discuss your experiences with your own career transition and helping others with theirs. So how can people reach out to you to learn more about what you do and how you can help them? So they can reach out to me on my website. It's www.iamlisaarthur.com or my Instagram page is Dream Big with Lisa Arthur. And then I have a public Facebook page, Lisa Arthur. So any of those avenues, they can reach out to me. And then my number is 800-507-0153. They can give me a call. I'd be happy to discuss career transitions and what your purpose is and how to get out, get unstuck. That's actually the first time a guest actually put their number to call. Usually it's like, oh, go to my website, go to my social media, go to my landing page. <laughs> I've never had one guest bring up their number to call them. So I like that personal touch that people could just reach out to you with like one phone call. Yeah. I mean, I love to hear a voice on the other end, you know, kind of gives me an idea of like, you can kind of hear the fear in their voice or, you know, what transition they're in. So yeah, reach out to me, call me. I would be happy to um, talk to anyone that, you know, has any questions and we can, you know, see what it is that they need. And I greatly appreciate you reaching out to me. I've enjoyed our conversation, Max. It's been nice. Thanks, Lisa. Have a great weekend. All right. You too. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here's three ways I can help you achieve your career goals for free. First, subscribe to this podcast as I post two episodes a week. Number two, leave a five-star review as this helps build the credibility of the show so we can gain access to more influential people to interview and bring those lessons to you to help elevate your career. And number three, connect with me on social media. There's a link in the show notes for you to click on that compiles all my active social media accounts, making it easy for you to find me and connect with me. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, Thank you.